we lost friends when I was a little kid because the conversation always turned to poop. Yeah, well, we're going to lose listeners as adults, so. Everyone, welcome to the Bears and Brews podcast. I am Pam, and I'm joined by Charlotte. Hey, and Ptolemy. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Um, you know, up and down. Decent. It's been a chaotic 72 hours in my house. Yeah, uh, your natural gas was leaking. Uh, yeah, but that was only, that was a minor issue. I thought it was a bigger issue last night, but it's something that my mom is going to fix, uh, cause she knows how to and presumably show me how to. Okay. So that's going to be fixed. Okay. Salome, Salome went to Joshua Tree last weekend. I know this because I was at her house watching all the animals. <laughs> how was Joshua Tree? It was good. Do you see any animals? Uh, Did you see a bobcat for us? No, I'm trying to think of, I feel like I saw an animal or two, but they weren't like, like I saw like a bird or two, but not like a specific kind of bird. I was just like, oh, it's a cute bird. So not like animal watchy stuff. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, I've always wanted to go there. Oh, it's it's awesome. Dude, she goes there all the time. Joshua Tree is like. This is the third time I've been there, (laughs) but like we have gone that I don't usually like, I don't feel like I usually pick a place and just want to keep going back to that place. Um, but I do really like it there and it's really beautiful. And um, there's a lot of really cool Airbnbs to rent out there that are just really beautifully designed. How was your weekend, Pam? It was good. I got a new car. Or week. I guess we're halfway you through. You did get a new oh, car. That's right. It's not brand new. I'm so excited for but you. it's new to me. Well, close enough. New to you. <laughs> yeah. So I am excited. Um, I can actually do tours out of it, uh, so I can actually start my tour company a lot sooner than I expected, so... Tour guide Pam. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get going. I have a bear fact of the day. This has been bugging me since September when I first said it, and (laughs) I don't know why I have not rectified it since then. Um... In our, I believe it was our very first episode. It might have been the second one, but I think it was the first one. I said that bears like to put their dens on south side of slopes. Uh, that was just completely wrong. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> well, I would assume that. I mean, that's like when you buy a house, if you get a southern facing house, you know, the snow melts. Nice and warm. Yeah, but they want the more snow... The more snow that they get, the more it insulates. So they prefer north-facing slope so a shitload of snow can cover it up. So I don't know. Maybe I was nervous. I don't know. I totally said that wrong, though. So So bear fact of the day (laughs) is that bears prefer to den on north-facing slopes because it keeps them warmer. Yes. Uh, This is a dumb question, but like when I picture a bear den, I picture like a little cave. Is that generally what we're talking about or yeah, how do it can they... be a cave um a, a lot of times they will dig out like in a big tree stump or hollow or up against like a bunch of rocks and cavey areas or they'll just dig a fucking hole in the ground i want to go inside a bear den like not when a bear is in there obviously that would be super irresponsible but like i imagine it the way they draw them in kids books <laughs> And like, it's like a whole little house in there and it's like a nice big old cave and yeah. Like a little table. I just need, yeah, I just need a little more of a visual. I feel like I do too. My only concern is I don't want to like leave, like I would be down to go up there and like point flashlights in. I don't really want to crawl in it and leave our human scent yeah. unless it's like early in the season and give it time to. Why don't I live there anymore? I don't know. So I want to share with you guys what I'm drinking. Yes. What are you drinking? We forgot to ask. It's a really good one. Um, it's called Loose Boots. <laughs> I like and that. It's an IPA by Roadhouse Brewing, which is actually uh, located just over in Jackson. It's an awesome logo. Yeah, and the first, I really love a lot of their beers, but um, this is they've marketed this as like uh, the beer to drink on the slopes and when you're done skiing and stuff. 
So oh, loose boots, like, you know, when you loosen your boots, yeah, you get down, you're done for the day. You loosen your boots. <laughs> it's the best feeling on the planet to loosen it really and is. boots. I don't know, Pam, because I, I didn't take you like didn't, fancy you didn't go snow vacations in to Tahoe? ski in Tahoe. So. Um, so let me describe it to you. The feeling of unbuckling your ski boots is better than sex. I don't know about that. But it's better than taking your bra. It's like if you took your bra off at the end of the day, times like a thousand. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, what are, are you guys drinking anything? I'm going to guess no. No, but I did make my hydration bowl, bowl, my hydration goal today. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Oh, I was like, what's a hydration bowl? I mean, that would be cool. Bowl? Like an awesome <laughs> yeah. Well, what are you drinking? I've got a lime, a lime mineral water business thing. Good. Yeah. So what are we talking about today, Pam? I have not told you guys what we're talking about, and I haven't given you an outline because I want to surprise you. We have been teasing this since our very first episode, and it's finally here. It is our first part of Grey Wolves. Yes! Oh, I was like, <laughs> I what is this. it? <laughs> yes. And while I was kind of going through how how we are going to structure this we're going to have like five fucking episodes on wolves i think <laughs> good um because should we like they... space them out like wolves one no and this then is like... just a wolf Charlotte's podcast like, now no. yeah we'll probably space <laughs> them out because i want to give love to other creatures too i just um, love wolves yeah so we're going to talk mostly about gray wolves specifically and this episode in particular is just going to be on wolf basics because as you guys have already heard in other shows we go off the rails with different aspects of things like Salome yes. goes off on like ranching and hunting I go off on um like oh like angry go off I thought you just meant random tangents well, well, but like and, and like ranch <laughs> And then, yeah, and then I'll go off on how good they are for the ecology, and then Charlotte will get distracted because they're like dogs, and she'll go off on dog <laughs> how dogs are like wolves. So we we have and to kind of keep it somewhat focused. So in future episodes, I do want to get into like the politics and legalities surrounding wolves, um, including like a timeline of their population fluctuations, and because they've been listed and delisted just back and forth on the endangered species list and um, certain ones in certain areas are still listed and others are not. So we'll talk about that in a minute as well. Um, I also want on future episodes to talk about the hunting of wolves and predation of livestock by wolves, uh, including some pretty interesting insights from a hunter that I know. Um, and, I want to talk about like myths and truths about wolves and kind of how we can live harmoniously with them. But they're just, they're such a polarizing animal uh, and, and there's so many invested parties and there's so much information on them and so many different ways to look at, you know, the issue of wolves in general that I want to make sure we give each aspect uh, a proper, proper time in a proper episode wolves are so symbolic of evil and that's where a lot of their well, issues by white come people. from I think. evil yeah I yeah by white white people. People. yeah I, by white people they're and in literature oh well at least in white literature um mm -hmm. and so i i think that's where a lot of the misunderstandings and the misconcept misconceptions that's the word a lot of the misconceptions yeah. about wolves come from is actually from this like you know the big bad wolf grandma like stuff like that it's just so right. this bias against them is so ingrained Peter in and the our subconscious yeah that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean there's so many resources on wolf issues that are surrounding us nowadays there's podcasts books documentaries like all sorts of things that delve into wolves in north america on a much deeper level by people who are you know much uh more i'm not gonna say invested but they know a lot more about wolves than i do and I, I feel like i know a pretty damn good deal about them but there's people whose entire lives revolve around wolves and i am not one of those people because um, i love awesome. them they I are awesome wolves. but the goal here is just to provide like general information and then go off on the certain aspects that we are each passionate about um while we also you know have some fun and and raise some awareness so you know 
there's a lot of of wolf resources out there. I've plugged the Wolf Connection podcast before. That one is amazing. Um, everybody should go check it out. Uh, and then I'll plug some books and things like that later. But it's going to be a link heavy, like mini series on wolves. Yay. <laughs> um, Salome, have you ever seen a wild wolf? I don't think so. Yeah, I haven't seen that many wild animals. Now that I think of it. Okay. Um, I was just checking. <laughs> One time when we were in Yellowstone, we were in the Hayden Valley or Lamar Valley. We were in one of the valleys <laughs> at dawn. And I think Lamar. It was Lamar. And okay. <laughs> and thank you. And this wolf was just trotting down the street and then he crossed the road like just down the side of the of the line of cars and then he crossed the road right in front of our car. He walked like and, right next to to you guys. Literally, I was like, sleeping in the, video, in the cabin. <laughs> Did not go that morning. <laughs> I would be such a tour on of Yellowstone, like if I wasn't in the car because he was like six feet away, maybe eight feet. And yeah, the video you can't like see the car, so I'm like, I promise, I was in the car. Yeah, we'll post it too on the post for this. Um, yeah, definitely. I uh, I was like so magical. That's so cool. Um, all right, so let's get into some of the basics. So tell me about wolves. Large... <laughs> well, let's do it. Let's fucking let's do, do it. Let's do this. Oh, that was supposed to be a wolf howl. <laughs> it I really just it. sounded like it sounded like a frat boy. It kind of did, but it was cute anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Canis lupus, they are the largest member of the Canidae family, which is dogs. Um, and that family is comprised of animals like coyotes, wolves, foxes, um, other things. So, so it's worldwide. So the African wild dogs, jackals, raccoon dogs, um, dingoes, and genetically dingoes are actually domestic dogs. But, um, and then, of course, domestic dogs, which we mm. all have surrounding us tonight. So we mm-hmm. have, between the three of us, we have seven dogs. So we love any form of canids and feel very connected to them. Yes, I love them. And the subfamily. What's a raccoon dog? Oh my gosh. They are, they are a canid. How do I not know this? Like, um, they look like a dog. I just looked raccoon. it up. Aren't they the cutest thing? It literally, they are so cute. It looks like a dog banged a raccoon, like a fluffy <laughs> dog banged a raccoon. Yeah, Salma, you gotta look it up look real quick. That. That's literally the only way to describe it. Oh my God. They're in oh, Asia, Southeast Asia, oh, I want to say. They're so cute. Aren't they so cute? <laughs> oh my gosh. Look how gorgeous this one is. She like just got a blowout or something. Can you see that? <laughs> she just got a blowout. It's like swished. Right? But that literally is the only way to describe it. Yeah. So the, those are actually canids. And actually, um, canids are found on every continent except Antarctica. So they are world. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And so the subfamily for wolves, which is Cananae, um, I just put emphasis on that because Cananae, Cananae, they began to distinctively appear about 30 million years ago. And and it's worth mentioning the other two subfamilies at this point are extinct. but so about 30 million years ago and gray wolves as we know them today evolved into their own species about a million years ago so they've been oh, so around new. for a, yeah newish uh, but yes newish but they've been over here for a while so they came across the Bering Land Bridge about 500,000 years ago um estimates vary between like 3 and 700,000 so i just said 500,000 um to to get that median there. So they have been <laughs> in North America for a long time. And are you ready for this? They actually coexisted with dire wolves. Yes, I've read that before. Wait, I thought dire wolves were like a made up thing. They're no, thing. they're no. real. They, everyone thinks that because it's become like a sort of mythical legend creature. Because of fucking Game of Thrones. Right. I know, but it I didn't actually even watch was, it and that's all I could think of. I didn't watch it either. It. I didn't either. It's a real canid and they like are like giant wolves. Yes, but, but here's the thing. Okay, so um, 
dire wolves were not these crazy, vicious hunters like saber-tooth animals. There's evidence that they were actually more scavengers than hunters because they didn't have these super sharp canines and their teeth were actually more shaped to like crush bone and things like that than they were to rip into skin and muscle. So they, they're they were made more to scavenge on things that weren't fresh anymore. They which is interesting. Look like a cougar banged a dog. Yes. We're talking about all sorts of weird inbreeding tonight. <laughs> yes. Well, so, you know, and, that is my passion. <laughs> yes. And dire wolves <laughs> went extinct around 12,000 years ago um, with that post ice age extinction event we've talked about in the past. So, one of the main reasons is their main prey were dying out. So megafauna, like those big old horses, uh, ground sloths, mammoths. Um, there's an animal called a camelop, which is a <laughs> an ancestor of a camel. Do they live in Camelot? You see that? Like, it's not weird. It's still weird. It is weird, but they were like giant prehistoric camels that lived in North America. Two things. It's interesting to me that evolution seems to be making things smaller. First it made things bigger, then it made things smaller. I was literally thinking about that when I was like, driving yesterday. And maybe it's because it, it's kind of like reaching a happy medium of like mm-hmm. animal sizes. Um, and the other thing I was going to say, and I know I've learned my lesson on this from Jurassic Park. We shouldn't resurrect these extinct animals but yeah, jeff goldblum said not to i kind of really want to see a dire wolf so maybe we could just do that one go to the um <laughs> go to the field museum in chicago it's one of the best museums My in sister's the fucking there, world so i can oh okay i love that museum that's where sue the t-rex lives and they have all sorts of prehistoric wildlife like that including dire wolves what, what does this look like one? to you guys it looks like a camel <laughs> fucked a bison fucked a horse. I was thinking like a pile of moss. Is that the camel op? Will yeah. you send that to me? So I can <laughs> yes, that's it. the first image that came up. Uh, but how crazy is it that a form of camel was native to North America? That is, that is. Anyway, we're going off the rails here. Um, yeah, okay. No more off the so, rails. Tell us about wolves. Oh, it was Dyer. native to North America. Sorry, I missed that part. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... The dire wolf extinction actually kind of paved the way for gray wolves to flourish. Uh, kind of like how we talked about about coyotes where, you know, extirpating wolves allowed coyotes to flourish. Same thing, but in this way, it was dire wolves and gray wolves. So it used to be thought that there was about 30 subspecies, but thanks to DNA and genome mapping, there's actually only four confirmed gray wolf subspecies. And there's a fifth one that's kind of up for debate so and they can um, interbreed (laughs) i'm gonna ignore that question so (laughs) that wasn't a question it was a statement i know the answer to that one (laughs) i'm gonna go through them real quick i'm not gonna really tell a lot of information but so there's the arctic wolf which is like a white wolf. They're usually white, uh, seen near top of the continent. Mexican gray wolves, uh, which those have been in the news quite a lot for their reintroduction efforts. The Great Plains wolf, which is found around the Great Lakes area. Then the Rocky Mountain wolf, which is also known as the Northwestern gray wolf. And the Eastern timber wolf is the one that's still up for debate. And the Eastern timber wolf is also found in the Great Lakes area. I would like them to do wolf reintroduction to New York. Um, I think wolves are amazing. And when we went to the, um, sanctuary, I was, I knew that their territory had been like cut way, 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 way back. But like, I was shocked in a bad way at just how much. Mm -hmm. And I just wish they would reintroduce them to the Northeast. And I wish that the sanctuary in New York was better and that it was well honestly i don't know that they're going to need to be reintroduced to the northeast and we'll talk about that more um here in just a minute uh when we talk about okay. their populations and stuff um i mean okay, that would very be interesting great. to hear about that i just don't know if that needs to be done by humans i think it might do it on its own like they'll do it themselves i think so but 
I hope so. But I'm not quite, but you know, who, who fucking knows? But the one that we're yeah. going to focus mostly on is the Rocky Mountain Wolf, right? Because that's what okay. is from um, the rock, like all throughout the Rockies, Canada and Alaska. So that when we talk about wolves on this show, you know, it is kind of all encompassing. But when we talk about the ones in Yellowstone or the ones that were just released in Colorado or whatever, those are the Rocky Mountain Wolf. And, and you know, for most intents and purposes, they're the same damn thing, right? The only time right. when it's a huge difference is that Mexican gray wolf, also known as a lobo. Um, those ones are a lot smaller and they have just completely different territories, but, and, and Arctic wolves too. They're usually um, different color, different territory, different food, but for the most they part- They look different too. Yeah, they, like, they, they, they almost look more like coyotes. And I think that's to blend yeah, in the better- I thought they were not like I thought they were red wolves. That's always no. What I've so heard. red wolves are a different species, but they're also in like Mexico. They are in the southeast United States right now. I don't believe there's any in Mexico, okay. but I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, but both so, both different of them species. are in intense um, reintroduction and reestablishment phases, and the. Um, Colorado Wolf and Wildlife Center helps with both of those. So they're easy to get, uh, like, clumped together. That sanctuary is just Oh, it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. It's so And yes, cool. Charlotte, all of those fucking subspecies can interbreed. <laughs> and they... So wait, so... They produce... The red wolf can interbreed? Not red. No, not the red. The Arctic The Mexican wolf? gray wolf. Okay. Could interbreed with an Arctic wolf. Yes. And their offspring are fertile. So are they pink? We usually see we usually see that with <laughs> call them Valentine's wolves, right? Half red, half oh white. God. It's a Valentine's you're, wolf. And you're not even drinking. What's going on? I don't know what's happening to me. I don't know. <laughs> so let's talk about size. So they like I said, gray wolves are the largest uh canid in the world um of the whole family. So they're anywhere from like 40 to 175 pounds, but that 175er was weighed shortly after a meal and they estimated he ate at least 10 pounds of meat. So they're usually about 80 to 120 pounds. And they're usually about five to six feet long and they're like 30 to 36 inches at the shoulder. So they're fucking big. Uh, like, and they're lankier. They are They are very thin. Um, I can't remember how long they were. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why, well, we'll talk a little bit about one of the reasons why they're, they're very narrow because uh, it, it's an adaptation for being uh, better in the winter. But um, just like other animals, they can run super fast, about 40 miles an hour. So the, the the big differences, though, when we talk about like elk who can run really fast and bison who can run really fast, uh, they can generally do it for a lot longer without as much energy expenditure as a pre- as a predator can. So that's why they generally won't go after these big, healthy mammals because it's not worth like it's it's they're not going to catch them and it's going to be detrimental. Right. So a lot of times they're not going to go chasing those really healthy adult ungulates, which we've said a billion times. Um, so here's the sad part is wild wolves can live up to about 13 or 14, but their average lifespan is anywhere from like three to eight years, depending on the area that they're in. Um, in Yellowstone specifically, uh, their main cause of death is other wolves, but even then their lifespan is higher than outside the park, uh, because outside the park, the main cause of death is humans and whether that's hunting, trapping, poisoning, cars, um, whatever the case is. I don't know how people see them as anything but majestic and beautiful and really just cool animals. I agree. I, I get... I can get it to a certain extent, um, but there's a lot of things I just can't understand. Uh, if, you know, one thing that we'll see um, when my friend Jeff comes on the show and he actually see, remember the other day when you were like, oh, Pam actually learned something like about bison versus <laughs> buffalo. 
Oh. <laughs> so the other day, uh, oh, it was Christmas Eve. I was actually at this guy's house, him and his wife, and we were talking about wolves. And he said, he actually said, I used to hate wolves until I learned about them. Yeah. And he, he hunts everything. He hunts deer, elk, ducks, geese, pronghorn, like everything. And he he appreciates their role in the wild and in the ecosystems and he he didn't used to right and and he was able to be introspective and go holy shit wolves are really awesome and and you know it's not a bad thing that they're out there and they you know he said to me before that they belong in the wilderness and this is a fucking yes. elk and deer hunter right and so <laughs> yeah it's it, it's very interesting um but they are demonized and they, you know, they have been for a very, very long time. I mean, there were stories back in England way back in the day of like a lot of people were dying from some mysterious creature and everyone was saying it was some supersized wolf. Uh, but based on all the evidence, it probably absolutely was not a wolf. Probably absolutely. Uh, it, it was <laughs> not a wolf. Um, but yeah, but so there's like all of this, you know, and werewolves and shit like that. Although it would kind of be cool to be a werewolf. Oh, it would be dope. Are you Team Jacob? Um, okay, so all all of the subspecies of gray wolves. So here here we're going to get into just they're all gray wolves, right? So they used to be found all over North America, all the way down into Mexico. Now they are only officially found in Canada, Alaska, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, Minnesota. Wisconsin, Michigan, and New Mexico and Arizona. That's the Mexican gray wolf in New Mexico and Arizona. Um, so it sounds like they're a pretty adaptable species. They are pretty adaptable, and they're starting to dip into California. There's a small population, they think, of about 20, uh, and they are suspected to be in parts of Utah, but there's no known like resident population. So it, it is a lot better than it was, but we still have quite a ways to go because there used to be about a million of them in North America and now there's about 15,000 wild this I'm not counting captive at all that's actually more than I thought so yeah well most hopeful. of them are in Alaska there's like 7,000 <laughs> to 11,000 are estimated in Alaska and then actually the next two most populous states are Minnesota they have about 2,500 and Idaho has about 1,500 Idaho Hmm. Well, I would like them to come back to. And New so York. this is why I was saying before I don't know that I don't know that um, human reintroduction needs to happen over there because the populations in Michigan and Wisconsin are also quite large and going up into Canada and now there's several thousand up in that area. So they have really thrived. And the fucked up thing is those are the ones that are still on the endangered species list. Ours are not on the endangered species list anymore. Sounds but the like ones... an America problem. Well, it totally does, because in this whole region, in the whole greater Yellowstone ecosystem, we have as many wolves as Minnesota. As one right. state. Right. And it's like, but but we can't have them on the on the endangered species list still. But but they and I'm not I'm not complaining that they still are in like Minnesota and Michigan and Wisconsin. That's great. But what are we fucking basing these standards on here? Yeah. Like, come on. We Seems have way fucking less over here. Very inconsistent. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so I'm hoping, especially as, you know, as we were talking about before with like wolverines being added and these different like lynx and bobcats habitats that are going to start getting some focus, like all of these habitats are good for full ecosystems. So if we can start getting more land and more space for these ecosystems to just be ecosystems, I would think that those wolves would naturally start to kind of spread out. But, you know, to your point of New York, I know that a lot of people think coyotes are an issue. Hey, man, we've wolves. said this before. You don't like coyotes? Get some wolves. Get some wolves there. For yep. real. And they're not going to fuck with humans, and they're not going to fuck with your dogs, and they're not going to eat your cats, and they're not going to come into town. 
that but they will help are, with those other nuisance or supposedly nuisance animals. Wolves are a lot less like scrappy, I feel like, than coyotes. Um, like they're going to cause way fewer issues because they just they're not scrappy the way a coyote is. I don't know. Yeah, I mean they're not, I made they're that not up. urban, right? They <laughs> right, don't. Yes, they don't want to be around people. Whereas coyotes have thrived. We talked about this before since you know since fucking Mayan times and shit of being around human civilizations because the things they want to eat come around humans. The things right. that evolved wolves want to eat near us. don't come around humans. Yeah. Yeah. So like Adirondack Park would be perfect. Would be yeah, perfect absolutely. for wolves. Yeah. And we'll have a whole episode on wolf reintroduction um, in Yellowstone specifically. But, you know, in the lower 48, they were almost hunted to extinction starting of course when european settlers started to move west and functional extinction in some spots i mean they are functionally extinct from new york right yeah 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 for sure and and by about the mid 1900s i think the last one in yellowstone was like 1926 and the last one the last wolf like known wolves in the lower 48 were killed in 1945 so yeah they were pretty much extirpated which is that functional extinction um from the u.s you know and that's due to all these smear campaigns basically like oh they're a menace they're horrible they're awful all these things and what did that do again it opened up the playing field for coyotes and actually deer and every and so like we wouldn't even fucking have ticks over here in the rockies well we'd probably have the winter ticks but we wouldn't have deer ticks and things like that if we wouldn't have eradicated wolves. So it's crazy how all of these things impact each other. Keystone species, y'all. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we discuss it in Microbrewin 10, a doe harvest, but (laughs) the ungulates were just destroying the landscape. So uh, around here in 95 and 96 is when the wolves were reintroduced Um, to Yellowstone and that was to kind of like rewild the west basically the Isle Royal Wolf Project is what they based like a lot of people from Isle Royal helped out with the Yellowstone reintroduction because moose were doing the same thing in Isle Royal as elk were doing in Yellowstone oh that makes sense and okay so this is kind of a side note but around the time of this reintroduction and people still bitch about it today. They say that the wolves that were reintroduced to Yellowstone are not the same species as the wolves that were here before, which is complete fucking garbage. There's only two wolf species on this continent. Right. Which might be a different subspecies, which is like close enough. But they weren't even a different subspecies. They're the, even the same fucking subspecies. And just because they got them from Canada, like a thousand miles north. And, and the thing Wait, about Wait, that's why is, people say that? Do people yeah, not realize that from Canada. borders, international borders are a human construct that mean nothing to anyone except for humanity? Yeah. <laughs> that's the dumbest. Those are Canadian wolves, not American wolves. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Right? <laughs> I can't believe people made that an issue. Also, wouldn't they want they? I would like think the Canadian wolves would be like hardier, yeah, (laughs) kinder, and kinder. (laughs) Yeah, say sorry a lot. Say sorry, sorry. Do better in the cold. Yeah, Yeah. Um, but yeah, they are the same species, and they intentionally picked wolves that had never been known to prey on livestock or even like try to go toward livestock. So they intentionally picked these wolves, um, uh, you know, for that reason. And again, we'll, we'll have an, a separate episode on, on that whole thing, but now there's about a hundred wolves in Yellowstone, give or take, depending on the season. And Charlotte, you've seen maybe 30 of them, I would say. Yeah, one time I had to wake your ass up out of the back of the fucking car to go look, but yeah. I was really tired. There's something wrong with my hormones or something, or there were. Well, but we've talked about it before. The good thing is I just wake you up when there's cool shit to see. Yeah, and I don't mind. yeah, we got to watch um, the Junction Buttes feeding on a carcass, a new carcass. Remember, they were like, their tails were wagging. They were like fresh on it. It was Also, we saw wolf puppies. We did see wolf puppies, and we saw a couple wolves this last April, the Shrimp Lake Pack. Yes, 
Yes, that was our. While we were watching the mountain lion. We had a three dog day. I think we just missed the fox. So we had a two dog day. Oh, then. two dog. Oh, right, right, cougars right. aren't dogs. Right. <laughs> I was thinking there were four, and then I was like, "Wait a second. Yeah. Yes, we had a two dog uh, day. Yeah. So to your point, like they are fairly adaptable, um, and they can be found in like mountainous areas and tundra, um, boreal forests, deserts temperate forests they can there's also um there's also a pretty big population on the coast uh of the west coast of like northern washington canada and even into alaska um and they can even be found in like temperate rainforests along along that stretch too but um I can't remember the name of it, but I will put a link to it. There is like a little show on one of the streaming services about some coastal wolves and their adaptations, and it kind of follows their lives. It's like a mini documentary series, but it's really, really cute. So they can they can be kind of all over the place. Uh, like I said, their home range is anywhere from 50 square miles to 1,000 square miles. So, you know, that's another thing with, like, bringing in wolves from Canada. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. They were probably already crossing back and forth along the border anyway. Don't say that. They'll suggest putting, like, a wall up or something. <laughs> well, I was going to ask if they got their blankets, their Tijuana blankets, but, like, from the north. <laughs> I hope they brought their passports. Right? So they, they <laughs> have kind of, like... hilarious. I know it's ridiculous. Um, so they've like evolved to handle that cold weather and snow. Um, they are super comfortable in the snow up to, or like down to like minus 50 Fahrenheit. And they, so when I was, oh shit, when was it? Was there in, oh, over new year's, it was actually pretty warm. It was like 30, which Mm -hmm. is really warm for January in Yellowstone or end of December. And on one side of where, like, this bench is, um, there wasn't a lot of snow, but there were snow patches. And the wolves we saw were choosing to lay in the snow patches. Like, that's where it's they like wanted to be. like and Samoyeds and stuff. Like, yeah. animals built for the cold want the cold. Yeah, especially when they have those winter coats. That's you know, why humans don't like cold. Because <laughs> we're not yeah. built for it. And um, so the one reason why they're super narrow, like we were talking about earlier, is so that their rear paws, basically what happens is their rear paws will land in the same tracks as their front paws. Uh, I wish you guys could see what I'm doing with my hands here. But so it makes it easier to run really fast in the snow because the front paws make the tracks, the rear paws step in the tracks, and they just keep going. So they're not breaking trail. Exactly. Just two times. Right. Well, and also that's why a lot of times you'll see them walking in a line, right? Yeah. When, you know, oh, that they'll makes get sense. in that line and just walk in each other's tracks. But Never their paws, mm-hmm. their paws also pancake out like little snowshoes. Yeah. Like, I, um, I think that's aw. so cool. Wolves like literally have built-in dogs. That's they have built-in snowshoes. <laughs> one of Salome's dogs has uh, pancake paws. The biggest Wait, pancake which one? Paws. Kobe. 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 Yeah. He has, yeah, giant pancake paws. So we've talked before about the diets of wolves, right? And how they, depending on the area, they can evolve. But so all of, so just North American wolves in general, gray wolves, will eat elk, bison, moose, three kinds of deer. So mule deer, white-tailed deer, and then Sitka black-tailed deer, which are in Alaska. Um, They'll eat caribou, doll sheep, bighorn sheep, mountain goats if they can um but they usually won't like get one they're they're usually kind of feeding on one that died um muskox if they can and they'll even eat other stuff like um hares like snowshoe hares beavers seals and sea otters and even trout and salmon like there's there was video on the brooks falls cams of uh wolves getting out in there and fishing and oh catching my salmon. gosh no way that's so that's cool. cool wait are we gonna see wolves too when we're there probably not but oh. that would be cool if we did <laughs> request doubt it right hey uh, dear wolf dear wolves can you please appear while we're there yeah so but they will they there's like new footage of them like hunting beavers and stuff like that um which is very adaptable you know yeah they're smart um 
Mm-hmm. And so again, that's where like those coastal ones come into play, right? They're eating fish and otters and seals and, and the different kind of things that hang out around the water. So if there's a wa- if there's a food source and they can adapt and, you know, there's not a lot of negative stuff going on in terms of like people everywhere or conflicting packs or whatever, then, you know, why the fuck not? Like, let's do this. As we've talked about before, they they do prey on livestock from time to time, and it is disproportionate. Um, and we'll cover that more in you know some future wolf episodes when we talk about some of that political stuff. But they don't kill for sport. Uh, only humans do that. There's literally only ever been one documented case of legit surplus killings. In most cases, they will kill what they can and then cash it to eat later and if you think about it if you're a wild animal whose food isn't guaranteed and you had the option to kill two sick elk why why the fuck wouldn't you like yeah for real that's a no-brainer and they will usually go back and eat them and you know what guess what even if they don't there's about 50 other species that will feed on that anyway right also like the idea that animals that are they're literally eating to survive you know, and like having to make these decisions as far as like energy expenditure and like the payoff um, yes. as far as what they, what they catch would just be like, oh, let's waste a bunch of calories and like potential, you know, heat and energy and all of this stuff just for fun, just killing something. That is such a good way to look at it, Salome. I have never thought of that before. That mm-hmm. is very wise. Oh, I have a you. friend with um, Asian dingoes and she has pointed out the same thing to me that a lot of like the primitive breeds but especially like dingoes are domesticated but self-domesticated so they they will just sleep all day because they're conserving energy they're not like and wolves so wolves will sleep a lot if they can being they have multiple kills or they have a big kill and they want to rest because who doesn't want to hang out after doing a hard day's work? Yeah. But then they will also lay around if they need to, to conserve energy. So that's why like most of the wolf sightings that I've seen, they're just laying around. Like they're not doing much. Right. I loved, I think one of the first times I, it was definitely our first trip, I believe to Yellowstone. And we saw this big old gray wolf. He was like a light gray though. He was laying in a patch of sun, like just doing the sun doggo thing. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Hell yeah. They love it. So they usually will hunt in their family groups uh, because it's not really worth it for them to hunt these ungulates with those sharp hooves or antlers like we talked about in the elk episode, right? They keep those antlers longer to help keep them safe from wolves because with those cold weather adaptations, winter is the time of the wolf like they do so much better with hunting in winter than any other season winter is their time to shine and so but but you know with those sharp antlers those sharp hooves um or horns right they're not they're not just out trying to take down whatever because it's just not worth it. So they will usually hunt in their family groups and they're only successful like 15% of the time, which is pretty low. They usually, when it's not the middle of winter, they'll usually go several days or more without food, but they can eat 20 pounds of meat at once. Can you fucking imagine that? That sounds like me. Wow. I caught up, okay, we volunteer, we did this volunteer thing at work the other day, and we cut up 40 pounds of onions and 20 pounds of potatoes, and I'm just thinking of, like, the 20-pound sacks of onions, and I'm like, I could not even think of, you know, and I weigh more than a wolf, and I can't even think of eating that much at once. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And, you know, as we said on that last microbrewing, you know, they're helping keeping these populations healthy by not only taking out the weak, but fragmenting the herd so they don't spread disease. And then the elk that do survive are smarter and healthier. So right. we don't want to shit on wolves hunting. Like, there's a lot of misconception about it. And, you know, this week in particular, there's been a lot that has come out from the park because there was a crazy situation 
60 yards from the fucking road across across a across the firehole river where so a couple of the wapiti pack had injured a bison on the bank of the river and um people showed up so this time of year you can only get into this area of the park by snow coach or snowmobile and there was like a first light private snow coach tour with a bunch of photographers and they ended up sitting there for like nine hours and they watched this injured bison. He got into the river to try to get away from the wolves because the wolves won't usually go into the water after they're Just like dogs. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so they injured it and it stood in the water for like six hours. It finally came out and died or I think oh it, it might've actually died in the water. Um, but so this whole thing is documented and the pictures and the footage is just insane. Like, can you send to be able, me some? Yes. To I be able to it. witness for so many people to be able to witness this and give others insight into how this natural process works is just, is just insane. Like some of these, that's like a once in a lifetime situation you know i that, wish that we were on that happened. snow coach i know right i know <laughs> knowing me next week on the on the other private one i'm doing i'll probably just gonna see some fucking bison nothing else i bet i mean but that would still knows? be cool but <laughs> that would still be cool that would still be cool absolutely and we're gonna have fun but yeah so you know they're they're not very successful and they hunt in their big family groups and they have certain ways of kind of working on and taking on the prey but overall you know, we want them to be doing these things, right? They'll start testing herds and finding the ones that are sick or weak or old or whatever. And in, you know, in studies where people have went out and literally looked at carcasses that wolves have, you know, of a wolf kill, they're seeing really unhealthy animals, right? Obviously, right. Bef even before the wolves like ate them, right? But like right, right, unhealthy right. for a while, right? Yeah. Okay, so I think we're at a good stopping point. Um, next episode, we're going to talk about their social lives and their behaviors. There's a lot of intricacies to that. Um, yes. Some of the threats that they're facing, uh, different things like that. So this is kind of some of the main wolf basics. So two things I want to do before, before we sign off. Uh, first of all, Charlotte. Elk or wolf falling through your oh, ceiling? Oh, I was like, what? Is this a pop quiz? Um, <laughs> obviously a wolf. I will pick a wolf over anything, anytime. I fucking love wolves. Okay. All right. Charlotte's <laughs> picking wolf. I could have guessed that. Solomon, elk or wolf? I would pick a wolf too. There's just... Not that elk aren't cool, but yeah, a wolf would be awesome. I'm curious what you would pick though. I bet I bet Co would love to play with a wolf. <laughs> Oh my stories. god, he so would. There's like stories in Alaska of like wolves like literally playing with domestic dogs and shit like that. I was thinking so. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would pick wolf, absolutely. Can you imagine like my my two girls would like be flirting with it? They're such hussies. Oh, same with my <laughs> girls. They love well, they're pretty particular about other dogs, but they love big floofy boy dogs. So they'd be yes. like, Oh hey, let's play. And then <laughs> Thor would be like yeah we're besties now can we rough house like yes. i would pick a wolf for my dogs absolutely <laughs> even though you I know, just... i've been up close and personal with a wolf we've petted them we fed them treats at that sanctuary in colorado uh but so i would cool. i would pick one this time for the dogs not for me <laughs> um okay i want to do some plugs so first of all i want to plug a book called wolves of mount mckinley by adolph Meary. He was like the OG naturalist in Alaska and his brother Olas. Um, so they did a lot of stuff together, but Adolf was mostly in Alaska and Olas was actually mostly down here in the Tetons. And that was back when it was called Mount McKinley National Park and all that. So it's called The Wolves of Mount McKinley. It's a book. Um, there's also a book by Doug Smith and Gary Ferguson. And Doug Smith was the leader of the Yellowstone Wolf Project for almost 30 years. He just retired this past year. And he worked on the reintroduction and all that. This book is called Decade of the Wolf. It gives a lot of insight into their behaviors, the reintroduction, a bunch of shit. Um, anything by Rick McIntyre 
And I don't know if we've mentioned uh, Rick before, but he is a force when it comes to wolves and especially wolves in Yellowstone. Um, although he's he used to be a ranger in Denali and did a bunch with the wolves there. But anything by Rick McIntyre, he spends literally every day of his life in the park. Uh, he spent like a thousand or more days in a row there, like every single day. And he has all these no. He's just amazing. Yeah. There's a book by Nate Blakesley called American Wolf, um, which I bought Charlotte three years ago. She still hasn't fucking read it. Um, I love wolves. I just struggle <laughs> with reading, y'all. Dude, I'm working on getting just, back into it. If you just start, you won't be able to stop. Just okay. Do me I did a favor, actually just start, start it. it. I did start it, but then I was really tired. What like and two I got, pages? Yeah, I got like five pages in. I was really yeah. tired. Set it down. Never picked it up again. Okay. Um, but, that book is amazing and very unbiased. I think. Uh, it's very fair and it's about the plight of wolves. Um, and then I will make sure. Sh- Can I do a book plug? Yes. Um, if you have children, the, um, the series Julie of the Wolves. I fucking knew you were going to say that one. <laughs> <laughs> I know you did, but like, they're so good. And even like rereading them as an adult, like they're just so good and very well yeah, written. And look forward to the next episode because we are going to talk a lot about wolf packs, quote unquote, and ha- their structure and what they actually are and a lot of different things there, which is my fucking jam as a former dog trainer. So yes, I'm very looking forward to that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, we will cover all those things next week. I think we're going to do probably two wolves in a row a couple knob wolves some more wolves i don't just want to wolf it up um another plug i want to do real quick is charlotte i want to plug your you (laughs) you have a new little it's not new sorry but i keep forgetting to plug it you have a little daily podcast on youtube yes tell us just a little bit about it so it's also on Apple and Spotify and iHeartRadio now uh but it started just on YouTube because that was easier for me um it's still on YouTube as well. Anyway, it's a daily podcast uh, called Good Morning, especially. And the goal is just to have something quick and easy uh, to start your day with a little positivity and gratitude. Awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, I have really been enjoying that personally. And I've really been it, it really just makes my day better. And I, Pam, I'm that not means just so saying much. that. <laughs> I know you're like, not because you don't just say things, but like that just means a lot. Thank you. Yeah. I would be honored if anyone listened. (laughs) Yes. Check it out. Um, Follow us at Bears and Brews Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And I think that's it. Definitely not on the platform formerly known as Twitter. Um, Yes. That's all we have now. (laughs) Facebook and Instagram. We are done with all the ancillary platforms, just the main ones. Uh, You can email us at bearsandbrewspodcast at gmail.com. Um, Yeah, make sure you guys rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. That's really how we get the word out. And share our posts. Um, Share, 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 share. That's how we grow the podcast. Yeah, let us know what you think uh, in any comments or emails. And thank you, Christian Mills, for our music. Okay. Um, All right, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you next week. Bye. Oh, bye. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Every time.